Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I am your host, Sean Leary, and my guest today is one of the most interesting characters around the Quad Cities art scene. It is Josh Kahn. Josh is involved in so many different things, um, films, books, uh, podcasts, and of course, live shows. And we're going to talk to him about one of his most enduring and successful shows which he has been a part of which is actually coming to an end this weekend uh we're talking about bottoms up burlesque uh josh is going to be involved in his last bottoms up show this friday and saturday it's called bottoms up burlesque presents masquerade it's taking place at the speakeasy in downtown rock island on friday and saturday night doors open at seven show starts at eight and Josh Khan, how does it feel for this to be your last Bottoms Up show? <laughs> it is wild. It is. Uh, I've, I've never had so many emotions coming before a show even starts. Now, tell us a little bit. Let's rewind a bit to the beginning of Bottoms Up. This kind of came, Bottoms Up sort of came out of uh, Burlesque La Mustache. Is that correct? Let, give us the origin story of Bottoms Up Burlesque. Uh, so, yeah, uh, over a little over 10 years ago, uh, we were in, uh, I joined Bottoms Up, or, uh, Burlesque and the Stash in its final year, um, while, uh, Danny Diesel, Danielle Colby, she was working on a bunch of other projects, uh, and we ended up splitting off from Burlesque and the Stash and creating Bottoms Up. And when that all happened, uh, just a few people stayed with uh, BLM, a few people went to Bottoms Up, and we just created this uh, this new tribe in the Quad Cities. That is an excellent way to describe it, is a tribe, because it's like this group of people who are all part of this, you know, kind of interconnected weaving of talents. Um, What was that like? And all of you have got, you know... Are, are are not lacking in confidence, shall we say? And so, what was <laughs> that was a euphemistic way of saying everybody's got an ego, but so do I. So, um, but how do you do that? I mean, and I understand that because I usually work with people myself um, who also have like you know substantial confidence and egos, and I like doing that. I like working with people who are very confident, but it also it takes a certain skill to get everybody on the same page and to help everybody to work together. What has that been like for you, Josh, and everyone else involved? Well, I mean, it's the same thing when you're working with theater people. Like, you you think of your theater people, and they're all like a, a certain type of personality jumps to mind. It's the same way with burlesque people. Burlesque people are they're, we're made up of just certain characteristics. We're all very similar personality type, very strong, very confident, very mm-hmm. creative, and willing to literally put all of ourselves out there in front of people. Right. And as far as like, I, you know, I said the tribe thing earlier, I mean, we've since Bottoms Up has happened, we've had several other burlesque shows come into the Quad Cities that have at least had one member from Bottoms Up that has spun off to create this new thing because a bunch of creative people, a bunch of powerful people don't always see eye to eye. And when those visions hit that point of like, this is really the direction I want to go, then we encourage 
encourage everyone to do that mm-hmm. because burlesque is about exploring not just the art of burlesque but it's it's emotional you're exploring yourselves what you want to put out on stage so that's why we treat yes there are several burlesque troops now but we all collectively are a burlesque tribe of the quad cities because we all start in the same place yeah, you know, like I said, I I always love people that have big personalities, and um, I like people who have a little ego to them, who have some confidence to them, because they're interesting, and you're going to have those clashes, and you're going to butt heads, and you're just going to disagree sometimes, but honestly, that's mo- much more exciting than, you know, just kind of slouching towards banality with people who are afraid to say anything, you know what I mean? Right. Well, and when it comes to burlesque, I mean, all of these performers are Mm-hmm. So it's not like you, you're doing a play. You can't just rely on someone else's word. Yeah, you know, you're not relying on on someone else to provide you with something new. It is up to you. This is the theme of the show. Put something together. Start making a costume. Start picking a song. Start doing all of the stuff because it's yours. Yeah. Now, why burlesque? Why do you think that all of a sudden um, burlesque made a big comeback a little more than a decade ago? After all, it's it was really had not been part of the zeitgeist for such a long time, and it's such a distinct art form. Um, that involves, like you said, theater, it involves, uh, you know, um, storytelling elements, and then, of course, it involves taking your clothes off in front of a, a large group of people as well. And so there's got, there's a, a certain congruence of, um, of confidence and uh, showmanship that all winds its way into this, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, it seemed like around 2007, 2008, 2009, this started to kind of come back again. Why do you think that is that, you know, it started to come back around that time, and why do you think it struck such a chord? Well, I think just like with anything, everything old becomes new again eventually. Mm-hmm. media has 
have led to so much exposure to so many things we didn't even know about before. And it's it's hard not to get caught up in it. I mean, I, I have. I've been caught up in it for the past 10 years. You know, it's, it seems to me, and it just, just struck me, is because I was thinking about, well, what was it? What were what were the factors that were coming out of like 2008? We were leaving the D- George W. Bush presidency, which was much more conservative. We were entering the Obama presidency, which was more liberal. But one of the things that now that I think about it is that around the 2007 2008 is when social media really 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 started to take off and become popular and so you had that distance there that isolation that people had and regardless of whether or not you're you're you know communicating with someone you know via a text or, or via a post there's still that social distance there and so um, burlesque being such an intimate art form and something where you reveal so much and yet you control it kind of parallels that and it also um, acts as an antecedent to that as well where people if they're feeling uh, isolated they're feeling as if they have no connection because of the technology are able to reveal themselves in such a way that you can in burlesque to make that connection with people Absolutely. There's there's something about the uh, the yeah the intimacy of burlesque that mm-hmm. I think appeals to so many people. Uh, it's uh, something. I mean, as you know, I've also done improv for for a little over ten years, and to me, one of the most important elements of improv also applies to burlesque in, it, in a way, in that making sure when the audience comes in and they sit down that this show is for you and no one else Mm -hmm. you're never going to see the same exact show twice because things aren't always going to happen the exact same way it can be the same lineup it can be the same routine but it is not going to be the same show yeah there's something about experiencing especially in a venue like the speakeasy that is so intimate like the speakeasy is perfect venue for our West show. We right. get performers from all over the country come to our theater and before they leave they're like, this is one of the greatest rooms I've ever played. It just, it works for burlesque. Um, you get to have that night, you get to have those memories and that experience and it's yours. What personally got you into this and what was it like for you when you first got out on that stage and you were like, okay, am I really going to go out there and do this? Am I really going to make this, this, this type of a connection with the crowd? What was that like for you? <laughs> that, uh, that, was, that was wild. Uh, when I first, I joined the left one of Stash, I auditioned for them after seeing them perform a show at Skellington Manor. And I'd never seen a show like it. I was blown away by how cool it was. And I just thought, this is something I want to be a part of. Because I'd done community theater. I'd gone to college for theater. And so doing plays and performance were really all I'd done. I just started doing improv maybe a year prior. So I was still very new to that. And I just... I. I felt a connection with it. So they held auditions and they were looking for different talents besides burlesque dancers in order to kind of fill out that vaudeville style. So 
so I got with a friend of mine who was uh, a Mitch Chaos, the lead singer of Brains, Brains, Brains. Uh, I got with him and I was like, hey, I think it'd be really fun to do a classic vaudeville duo bit and audition and then, you know, and we'd, and we'd go up and we'd just do a little uh, comedy routine back and forth and that'd be our, our shtick. So we got together, we wrote all these like classic vaudeville style jokes, made sure to like make puns on all of the girls in the troops' names. Uh, this is gonna seal the deal, they're gonna love us, go in, do our audition, and they were like, yeah, you're, you're in, you're good, we love it. And <laughs> brought us on board. And then almost immediately, some complications came up and uh, my partner had to drop, so it was just me and something I would not prepared for mm-hmm. was doing this by myself. So uh, at the time, Wayne Leiter had given Ross the host, and I was just there to do the comedy, the, just my vaudeville bit. And I was like, I don't know how to take my duo thing to just a more stand-up format, but I'll give it a shot. And I just went out there, and uh, the whole thing with vaudeville is that it's hokey, it's cheesy. Yeah, yeah. So all you have to do is deliver it with confidence, and the jokes, the jokes are supposed to be bad. Right. So, and confidence is something I have in barrels. So <laughs> I just step out and just, I committed to it, and the audience, the, my very first show, I remember thinking, all right, this is going to really set the tone for me. And I go up for a show, and it was the definition of middle success. <laughs> the, the entire room, it was the first time they'd ever had that kind of an act in their show. So the audience was, had no idea what to expect. They certainly weren't expecting me. <laughs> and it was just like a smattering of applause, some good laughs. And I was like, all right. Well, I tried. <laughs> and then the next night, I went back and did it again. And it was a it was a huge success. It was like that was the right audience for this kind of bit. And I was like, all right, you know what? I I'm having a lot of fun. I wanted something new. I wanted to get, and this is it. I can't just run away because it didn't go perfectly the first time. Yeah. And so I, I stuck it out and I kept at it. Yeah, that's always amazing to me. Like having actually having been somebody who's also performed in the speakeasy space and done like sketch comedy and stuff is we. It's always interesting. Like when one night you do the show and the next night you do the literally the exact same show and get a completely different response. One night it bombs and the next night they freaking love it. It's just like so bizarre, but it's kind of cool because you never know what to expect. Um, looking back on your time with BU. Um, what is, has been your favorite night or your favorite memory? Oh, my God. That's such a huge question. Or some of them. I know it's hard to, like, always winnow it down to one. So The, the, best, the best show, uh, hands down, uh, a few years into being bombed up, we kept every year we talked to Brett Hitchcock about our, our contract, our yearly contract, we'd always wanted to get a show on the Circuit 21 stage because, I mean, that stage is gorgeous and it, it deserves naked people on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Brett and Denny are too modest. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we kept talking about it and uh, 
eventually he was like, Brett was like, all right, we talked about it. We'll give you, we have one Saturday. Uh, we have a gap of time where a show is loaded out, but a new one has loaded in. And so you got a one night only. You have to be in and out that one night and that's it. And we were like, challenge accepted. <laughs> so, uh, so we later and I, uh, wrote essentially a musical, but instead of singing, it was burlesque. Uh-huh. So we, so this got to be the first show on the Circa 21 stage in its history to be fully written, acted, produced fully by Quad City locals. That is awesome. And it was, the, the night sold out, it was that one night only, which we had rehearsals, like we were teaching these dancers how to act for the first time, and they all just committed so hard and everybody just gave it their all and it was one of the most magical nights because I just never thought it would happen and for it to happen in such a unique way and to now I, I get to be a little piece of the Circuit 21 history is, it was just overwhelming very cool so what's it been like to write this last show it's, it's been tough I, I like to I like to keep my shows, uh, you know, nice and goofy, uh, just dirty enough to get the job done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also, I like to send people away with a real message because I think that you can gain, you can learn a lot through comedy. I feel like comedy makes you honest yeah. and honesty is emotional. So I always like to explore that. And with this show, we went back and forth of whether I should even script this last show, whether I should go out and just do whatever I wanted mm-hmm. and go out like that. And I thought about it, but in the end, I thought, yes, this is my last show, but in the audience, it could be someone's first show. Yeah. And if it's someone's first show, they deserve the show that everyone else has gotten from me for the past 10 years. So... I, I dug deep and I picked the the message I wanted to leave the audience with, and then I just kind of worked backwards from there. It was just about deciding what I wanted to say. Right. Has it been melancholy looking at like what's going to be like being on stage for the last time? <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely positive I'm going to ball like a baby. <laughs> and- well, they have, uh, and I, I can't. I can't even fathom the love that the the troop has been showing me uh, with all of this because, like, Friday night, I know it was going to go a certain way. Saturday night, we have two guest performers. They're not telling me who they are. Uh, so they have surprises for me throughout the show that I will have no idea what's happening. Uh-huh. So they are going to blindside me emotionally, and it's going to be... Well, that's really cool. Josh, congratulations on you know your tenure with BU, and I hope that the shows go very well this weekend. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Cool. And if you want to see that last show, we got to check it out this weekend. Josh Kahn um, with Burlesque, uh, with uh, Bottoms Up Burlesque. 
Masquerade. It's going on Friday and Saturday at the Speakeasy in downtown Rock Island. Once again, Josh, thanks a lot for being a guest on QC Uncut. And thank you for listening to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I'm Sean Leary. My guest today, Josh Kahn. He's going to be at the Rock Island Speakeasy this Friday and Saturday with uh, Bottoms Up Burlesque, Masquerade. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8 in the Speakeasy in downtown Rock Island. Go and check it out. Thanks a lot for listening to QC Uncut. I'm Sean Leary. Have an awesome day.